0: Ready, set, go! Welcome to the EV Diaries, your place for electric vehicles in small town America. There's been a lot of EV activity in the news lately. Of course today, September 22nd, 2020 is Tesla Battery Day and we are expecting new grand things on the battery front. This is like a new big deal for them and it's gonna delay bringing the Cybertruck to market, but there could be some interesting things come out of it. Speaking of trucks, Nikola has proven to be less than illustrious this week. It seems they faked their videos of their truck in action to promote confidence in their investors. It costs their founder, Trevor Milton, his job, and who knows what the fallout will be when it's all said and done. I mean, we are talking fraud. Their whole brand may be, as Zig Ziglar said, cooked in the squat. I mean, really, would you buy a car from someone you know to be a liar? Nikola had just crawled into bed with GM for $2 billion. Of course, GM got 11% of Nikola and a bit of a black guy through all this this scandal, although it is just a glancing blow. I believe GM is less than genuine when it comes to EVs. I believe they're talking big just to hedge their bets to see how this EV thing goes. In the meantime, their research and development is a tax write-off. Cadillac is supposed to be heading the electrified direction and of course there was some video of Hummer's crab crawl four-wheel drive or four-wheel steering which that's not a new thing. Here's my thing about GM and Hummer. GM had Hummer to begin with after it was demilitarized and the original Humvees are awesome. Uh, They are still in service, transporting their troops, even though they are being phased out in lieu of new technology. GM had Hummer and managed to mismanage it so badly, they couldn't even give it away. I'm sure that they'll figure some way to screw this up again. Here's the point GM is missing in all of this. EVs could be their saving grace, and they won't need any more bailouts in the future. EVs have fewer of those pesky moving parts that GM seems to struggle with, so it's like taking away a 5,000-piece puzzle from a little kid and giving them one with 50 pieces. Obviously, I'm giving GM perhaps an overly difficult time. I've said before, I love the styling of many of their vehicles, but I've owned three in my lifetime, including my daughter's cruise, and have had nothing but problems. The Vortec engine that was in my Jimmy had known issues, and true to form, it blew up, and I wound up replacing the motor. The cruise has known issues that we're dealing with now, and I got a recall notice the other day for another issue. It's the same issue my friend is experiencing with his Equinox. I'm just saying that GM should embrace fewer moving parts and just commit to EVs. Okay, in the last episode, we discussed Electrify America going to a per-kilowatt-hour pricing in some states. Of course, Electrify America was born out of the Volkswagen diesel gate and is a subsidiary of Volkswagen. Now, this begs the question, can you trust a car company these days? Now, I'm not bashing Volkswagen at all. Far from it. I owned a Jetta for a long time, and it was a great car. It was sporty, fun to drive. The e-Golf looks like a very solid EV choice, and the new ID4, which should be available in 2021, looks like a great offering, which brings us back to Electrify America. It was announced that you will get three years of DC fast charging included with the purchase of the ID4. Electrify America has approximately 2,700 DC fast charging stations nationwide and that they're going to expand in 2021. So I say good for Volkswagen. They're following Tesla's model and supporting after the sale and not waiting for a third party to do it. Even though technically Electrify America is a quasi third party, but it's still a good partnership and use of resources. And that Ladies and gentlemen, brings us to today's discussion of the United States Department of Energy webinar from last week on economic feasibility. One of the topics that quickly came up was the operational cost for having an EV, which we have discussed at length here. We know that charging an EV at home is by far more economical than operating a traditional internal combustion vehicle for almost everybody who doesn't live in Detroit if you're new here there was a study on cost and Detroit got the short end of the stick at every turn sorry Detroit I know it's hard the presenter that was leading this part of the discussion quickly acknowledged that the savings helped bring cost parity to traditional ice offerings But all that goes away when you're talking DC fast charging. EVs operating on DC fast charging are not economical at all, not to mention what it does to the lifespan of the car. Consider that Electrify America is offering a $0.43 per kilowatt hour price for DC fast charging. My i3 gets about four miles per kilowatt hour, so. Each mile would cost me about $0.11 cents using Electrify America. 150 miles would cost me roughly $16.50. Now, I don't know why I picked 150 for my example. My car doesn't have that kind of range, but it seemed like a nice round number. Right now, gas is roughly $1.79 per gallon where I live. I know it may be higher or lower wherever you are, We are talking small town America after all. There's trade offs. A car getting 35 miles per gallon would use about four and a quarter gallons of gas or about $7.60 for the same 150 miles. In comparison, DC fast charging is much more expensive. The real caveat is that 80% of charging is done at home, where I pay about nine cents a kilowatt hour. Again, It's trade-offs, and I know that I'm averaging about 2.2 cents per mile. So that $7.60 worth of gasoline just became $3.30 for me. The truth is that DC fast charging is almost five times more expensive than charging at home, and it's almost twice the price of gasoline. That led into a discussion on rate structures. Many utilities offer special EV rates or time of use rates for homeowners with EVs. Some require a second meter. Now, my cooperative does not offer either one. But hey, we are ridiculously cheap in comparison to other places in America. There's not a lot of EV saturation, even though I'm trying to change that. And it's hard to get people to voluntarily adopt a rate that on the front looks like it would cost more or would require work. I've been pushing for a time of use rate, but it would take 25 cents per kilowatt hour to change behaviors on peak, and about a nickel off peak. A person could save money, but nobody wants to do the math, and 9 cents per kilowatt hour is pretty cheap. The most interesting part of the rate discussion is having a DC fast charging specific rate for third parties wanting to install DC fast chargers as an investment. It's hard for utilities, especially member-owned cooperatives, to justify spending a hundred grand on a DC fast charger, much less a cluster of them. We've seen it takes special permission from the Public Service Commission in many cases. I believe it's going to take third parties or auto manufacturers installing support to really push DC fast charging to be commonplace across America, or at least like in the case of Volkswagen and Electrify America, it's going to take a partnership. As we discussed last time, some businesses, depending on size, have a demand charge. And a an rate of DC fast chargers quickly gets to be as much straw as any business. That becomes an infrastructure and a logistics problem for the utilities. A DC fast charger rate may help promote the installation and charging infrastructure and actually grow the EV revolution quicker. I just thought it was a, an interesting idea having a DC specific rate and I've even ran it by my superiors uh, for consideration at a later date. The round table discussion brought up another interesting consideration. Not only from an infrastructure utility standpoint, but from a rate standpoint as well, and that is the question of fleet charging. A gentleman from FedEx brought up the point that it was hard for them to plan for fleet adoption because of all the various rates that are out there. Uh, Utilities, all in the United States, have similar but different costs and there may be or maybe there's not a way to optimize well that would at least help and promote fleet adoption now the rate would not be the same nationwide nor it should be but it could be structured in such a uniform way that it would just help these companies uh, bring their evs onto the job speaking for someone in the utility world it would be something to get investor-owns, municipalities, and cooperatives all on the same page and agree about something. Um, So we'll see if that ever plays out. Anyway, I think this is something utilities should consider to help, like I said, promote the adoption of EVs and not hamper these last-mile transportation companies from electrifying. So that was the gist of the... Department of Energy webinar or at least that's the points that I found interesting Uh, next time we'll probably hit um, Tesla Battery Day and talk about the highlights so please hit that subscribe button and invite your friends I will uh, soon have an affiliate association set up with a barware distributor I realize that's not EV related but If you're in the market for barware, I can hook you up. I'll have uh, details about all that and codes and all that good stuff later. I'm also working on some merch ideas, uh, specifically t-shirts, since that's what I do as my side hustle. I love this podcast, and I'm hoping to make this a little more self-sustaining so I can continue to evangelize EVs in small-town America. That being said... Thank you for listening, and remember, the EV revolution is here. Changers are coming, ideals are growing, and it's going to result in an even funner ride.